Welcome to this sacred shared space where we come each week for community, for inspiration, for healing, for love, for spirit, for peace, and for hope. My name is Lisa Teal. I am serving as worship associate today and I'm joined by our minister, Reverend Stephen Protzman, and by music director, Hal Walker, and a whole host of musicians, <laughs> folk orchestra, tone chimes, peace choir, did I get it all? <laughs> okay. As Unitarian Universalists, we light a flame within a chalice as a symbol of sanctuary and safety to unite us in our worship and to remind us of our ongoing search for the light of truth. Our chalice lighter this morning is Henry. As we light our chalice, would you join me in the words for lighting the chalice, which remind us why we come together this morning. They're in your order of service. Thank you, Henry. We come together to remind ourselves to treat all people kindly because they are our brothers and sisters, to take good care of the earth because it is our home, to live lives full of goodness and love because that is how we will make our world the best place it can be. Thank you. 
It's fall, and nature is preparing for the months ahead by shedding what she no longer needs. She is getting ready for her long, deep, quiet winter slumber. Let us take our cues from nature. Fall is the time of gathering in after an exhausting few months of hurried activity, trying to pack as much as possible into our brief summers. We harvest and store what we need for the coming winter. We too can use this as a time to let go of what we no longer need. This is a ripe moment for us to prune and shed anything that's not serving us, anything we're ready to let go of, and make conscious choices as to what we will harvest and hold and hope to grow. Come, let us worship together. Please rise in body or in spirit for our opening hymn, number 163 in the gray hymnal for the earth forever turning. speak words of covenant which expresses how we desire to walk together toward the lives we seek to lead and how we will be together in a community. Would you join me now in the words of the covenant which you'll find in your order of service? Love is the spirit of this church and service its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Today we take time to recognize, to honor, and commission and bless our musicians. It is important to recognize the work of leading our worship and touching our spirits that our musicians do each week and to offer them our support and our blessing so that they may faithfully do what we ask of them. Now, this is a poem by Angus Watkins. I showed up tired for the music, showed up with no expectation 
a cinder who used to make fire. A line of singers came before us, gathering into an arc, a recurved bow strung loose and ready. A wise man strode forward, spreading pages covered with notes and poems on the stand, striking a chord. But I was still tired with few expectations, just dutifully there, a cinder who used to make fire. The director waved a hand that cued the rest to hum, a stack of notes as a soprano oohed the start of a melody, all joining with words in a rhythm, calling for a spirit to come in. I sat straighter in my seat. Strings of strong and poignant words and notes of power and grace pouring from the arc of the bow kept drilling into our heartwood. Each song, each piece of music brought sparks and heat. I think we smelled smoke. Oh, it's good to be awake, a seeker once again, a servant of the beautiful, an ember here to make fire. Would our musicians please rise in spirit and in bodies you're able? Dear musicians of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, we desire to commission and bless you to bring beauty and wonder and joy to the worship life of this community and to offer yourselves as a vessel through which the Spirit may work to inspire all of us and touch our hearts through the music you make. Are you ready and willing to accept this commission? If so, please say, we are. Thank you. Members and friends of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, do you affirm the calling of these musicians to be servants of the beautiful, and do you offer and promise your support to them as staff and volunteers who need your appreciation as well as your caring and concern? If so, please say we do. We do. Thank you. Musicians, with gratitude for your willingness to minister to this community through sharing your gift of music, we commission you, we affirm your calling, and we offer you our support and our blessing. May you be servants of the beautiful, and may the music you make help the fire of our faith burn brighter. May it be so. Thank you. I'm going to share this story for all ages called The Apple Star. Walk with me into the orchard. And there you see a young apple tree growing there. Every night, the tree would gaze up into the evening sky and admire all the bright, shining stars. And the tree wished it had just one of those shining stars of its very own. And then one night, a mysterious old man came to the tree. He was a wizard. In exchange for shelter beneath the tree, he gave the tree one wish. The apple tree told the wizard of its wish for a star of its very own. The wizard promised, apple tree, if you're a good tree and grow to be big and strong and full of red ripe apples, your wish will be granted. So the apple tree tried its very hardest. Every sunny day, it lit its branches up to the warm sunshine and every rainy day, its roots soaked up the water it needed to grow. Well, after some years, the tree's hard work paid off and it was one of the biggest, most beautiful trees in the orchard and its branches were heavy with red, ripe apples. And the tree waited and waited and waited for the wizard to return so we could show him what it had done and finally be granted its wish for a star of its very own. The tree kept waiting and it was about to lose hope 
when the wizard came back. And the tree shook its limbs with excitement, showing off its strong branches and all those beautiful apples. Look, the tree exclaimed, I've worked very hard and I've waited very patiently. When do I get my wish and have my very own star? The wise old wizard said, my dear tree, your wish is already granted. You now have among your branches not just one, but as many stars as you've admired in the night sky. But where, asked the tree, all I see on my branches are leaves and ripe apples. The wizard picked an apple, cut it in half, and lo and behold, there was a star. (laughs) The wizard said, inside every apple is this special hidden star waiting to be found by the lucky person who chooses one of the apples you've worked so hard to grow. a traditional folk tale called The Three Apples. It was fall, and on the old apple tree were three great apples, as yellow as gold and larger than any other apples in the whole orchard. The apple tree stretched and reached as far as it could until the branch on which the three gold apples grew hung over the orchard wall, waiting for someone to pick them. 
As the wind blew through the leaves of the apple tree, it said, here in the orchard are apples three. Who uses one well shall a treasure see. One morning, Gerald came down the lane that passed by the orchard wall. He looked at the three gold apples, wishing that he might have one. Just then, the wind sang its song again in the leaves of the apple tree, and at Gerald's feet fell one of the three gold apples. He picked it up, how sweet it smelled and how juicy it was. Gerald could think of nothing so good to do with such a beautiful ripe apple as to eat it. He took a big bite and then another and another. Soon there was nothing left of the apple but the core, which Gerald threw away, and he went on his way. The wind sang sorrowfully. Here, here in the orchard are apples too, but gone is the treasure that fell for you. Later, Hilda came down the lane that passed by the orchard wall. She looked up at the two beautiful gold apples that hung in the branch of the old apple tree, and she listened to the wind as it said to her, here in the orchard are apples too, a treasure they hold for a child like you. Then the wind blew harder, and plop, an apple fell in the lane right in front of Hilda. She picked it up joyfully. She had never seen so large and so golden an apple. She held it carefully in her clasped hands and thought, what a pity it would be to eat it, because then it would be all gone. I will keep this gold apple always, Hilda said, and she wrapped it up in the clean handkerchief that was in her pocket. Then Hilda went home and put the apple in a drawer. The apple lay inside in the dark and all wrapped up for many days until it spoiled. And when Hilda went, next went down the lane and past the orchard, the wind in the apple tree said to her, only one apple where once there were two, gone is the treasure I gave to you. Then Rudolph went down the lane. There, hanging over the orchard wall, he saw just one great golden apple that seemed to him the most beautiful apple he had ever seen. As he stood looking up at it, the wind sang to him and it said, round and gold on the apple tree, a wonderful treasure hanging, see? Then the wind blew harder and down fell the last gold apple of the three into Rudolph's waiting hands. He held it a long time and looked at it as Gerald and Hilda had, thinking how good it would be to eat, how pretty it would be to look at if he were to save it. But then he decided not to do either of those things. He took his jackknife out of his pocket, cut the gold apple in half exactly in the middle. Oh, the surprise that waited for Rudolph inside the apple. There was a star, and at each point of the star lay a small black seed. Rudolph carefully took out all the seeds, and holding them, he climbed over the orchard wall. He planted each of the seeds, and then as he ate his apple, he went on his way. The wind followed him, saying to him from every tree and bush, a planted seed is a treasure won. The work of the apple is now well done. Our second reading is called Apple Tree, Author Unknown. Wanting change to occur, I am consciously shaking a tree. An apple falls, still, unexpectedly. Taken by surprise, being ruled by fear, I am tempted to ignore and wait for a pair. Lingering will be fine, more apples will fall, any can be mine, the same taste to all. Then my inner voice calls, wanting change means you are ready. Go on, take the first apple that falls. 
What are some sayings about apples? Anyone? Them apples? <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> so apples are very much a part of American culture. The big apple, apple computers, one bad apple, as American as apple pie. And of course, an apple a day. You know there's an entire rhyme to that? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Apple in the morning, doctor's warning. Roast apple at night, starves the doctor outright. Eat an apple going to bed, knock the doctor on the head. Three each day, seven days a week. Ruddy apple, ruddy cheek. I think the doctor gets kind of a bum rap here. <laughs> and 
Honestly, three apples a day, seven days a week, boring. No, no. There's uh, Beckwith Orchards up the road. And there's also a riddle. There's Johnny Appleseed, but there's this riddle. A box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. The original answer, one of them in The Hobbit is an egg, yes, but another answer is an apple or any fruit. The seeds are the golden treasure. Apples are also found in myths across the world or an important part of human history. Today, apples are important as we celebrate apple communion. It's a time for us to come together to put aside the busyness, the routines, the constant demands on our time and our energy, and to take care of ourselves by receiving the gifts of this time and this community that strengthen and sustain us. The apple, which is a symbol of this time of year, has many gifts to give us as well, both for our health and our spiritual lives. Eating raw apples is good for your teeth, and apples are a great source of fiber as well as vitamins and minerals. Apples are also a symbol of many spiritual qualities, abundance, gratitude, generosity, and love. Not just romantic love, but also the love that is the heart of our relationship with others, the love that binds us together in this community. Apples also teach us about faith, which is not about what we believe, but about trusting in life's ability to renew itself and how we respond as we see that around us. So you remember Rudolph in the story that Lisa just read? He didn't just eat that golden apple, he planted the seeds. I think he's a Unitarian Universalist. (laughs) Maybe he'll be around to watch those apple seeds grow and become a tree. But if he isn't, he still plants those seeds because he's knowing, he knows he's doing something that will benefit others. I thought about apples and trees yesterday during Olive Hobbs memorial services, which is what the flowers are from. Olive lived a long, remarkable life, complete with traveling to every continent and making pies that drew eager bids at our church auctions. What was most inspiring, though, were the stories people told of how their lives were richer and fuller because of Olive. She planted seeds of love and joy in people's lives, Seeds that have grown into lives that are like apple trees, offering their gifts to others. She taught those who knew her to enjoy life and to make life better for others. I think it seems a fitting tribute to Olive and to her husband Clinton, who was a botanist, that today we share apple slices so that we're reminded of life's sweetness, we're invited to fully enjoy this moment and its abundance, and to think about what we are called to do in our lives. As we do, let us find hope in this beautiful, simple act as we worship life and we say yes once again to going on with purpose and grace. These are tough times, and the world needs us to be spiritual Johnny Appleseeds, planting hope and love not only for now, but for the future, gifts that the generations to come after us will be able to enjoy. So today, as we enjoy apples together, Let's make a promise to each other to keep on planting, trusting those seeds will someday bear fruit. Let's take time to give thanks for the many gifts we are blessed with, our health, our families, our friends, and this community. All gifts for our life's journey that sustain us. Let us nurture our spirits, receive the apple's gifts of courage, faith, generosity, and gratitude, 
and find renewed strength for our lives and the journey that awaits us. In that spirit, I invite Lisa to lead us in a meditation. Before, before we do that, I'd like us to just energize the body a little bit. So let's just raise our arms and be like the apple tree. Stretch up, blow in the breeze just a bit. All right, thanks. All right, rest your hands now in your lap. Rest your feet comfortably on the floor. And I invite you to close your eyes or just look softly downward in front of you. And simply watch your breath. Our breath is a natural invitation to let go of what we don't need and to hold on to what we do. Physically, we exhale and release carbon dioxide. We inhale and bring in fresh oxygen. And let us also figuratively exhale anything that's not serving us. Perhaps a weight we've been carrying around, an an unhealthy habit, a grudge. And we inhale, bringing in the seeds of healthy habits and attitudes. Invite in, harvest, and hold that which will help you grow. Exhale, release. Inhale, receive.
What better way to celebrate this time of the harvest of community than by an apple communion, since apples are a symbol of the fall and are so abundant. In sharing an apple, we honor the gifts of the earth to us and are reminded how intimately we are connected with the earth, with one another, and with life itself. These are the words of Kael Gebrown. And when you crush an apple with your teeth, say to it in your heart, your seeds shall live in my body, and the buds of your tomorrow shall blossom in my heart, and your fragrance shall be my breath, and together we shall rejoice through all the seasons. In the spirit of rejoicing, we bless these apples and give thanks for the gifts they give us. May this feast help us be more mindful of the need to care for our bodies and our spirits so that we may do the good works of justice, love, compassion, and creativity we are all called to do. I invite our ushers to bring apple slices forward and pass them out. As you take an apple slice, I invite you to smell it and to notice how it feels in your hand. As you eat, I invite you to chew slowly and mindfully, fully appreciating the apple's texture and its taste. As we eat, let us be thankful for the gifts of the earth that sustain us and the gift of this community. With gratitude for this time together, will you now join me in extinguishing the chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. May we carry these in our hearts and our minds until we are together again. Once again, the words of the poet Khalil Gibran. And when you crush an apple with your teeth, say to it in your heart, your seeds shall live in my body, and the buds of your tomorrow shall blossom in my heart, and your fragrance shall be my breath, and together we shall rejoice through all the seasons. And now rejoicing in these days of autumn, and grateful for the gifts of the earth that bless and sustain our lives, and for the gift of this community, let us go forth in peace and joy to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. May it be so. Blessed be. And amen.